When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome into the DMBR Buffs podcast. My name is Jake Schwanitz. I am your host and beat reporter for DMBR Buffs. And we've got a fun show today. Before we start, I should mention that we are presented by the American Raptors. The American Raptors, if you haven't heard, are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. The American Raptors are athletes who have competed at the highest level of all their respective sports. Uh, best thing about the American Raptors, free games. So if you're interested, head over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for this upcoming season. That's AmericanRaptors.com. Thanks again to those guys for presenting this podcast. As I mentioned, this is going to be a good one. We had a scrimmage. There was football played at Folsom Field today, which is very exciting. Football season is right around the corner. The Broncos played earlier today and got absolutely smashed. And it wasn't that ugly on the field in Folsom, thankfully. Uh, before we get into some of the details, I should mention I can't detail as much as I would actually like to. Some kind of restrictions put in place because it's a practice, because it's just how college football works. You don't want to tip off TCU in week one or any of your opponents for that matter with what you are working on in the summer as there is no preseason games in college, of course. So we're not going to have any injury news. We're not going to have any scheme or stat talk, no play-by-play, nothing on formations. Unfortunately, I can't get into that just quite yet, but very, very soon we will have plenty to say on all of that. So if you hear, if you do not hear, I should say, about a particular player or anything, uh, just to reassure everyone, everyone is healthy at this point. CU is actually getting some reinforcements back at practice this week from a couple of transfer guys, which is very exciting. Some potential key contributors to this team are coming back at the right time. But if you don't hear about a player on today's podcast, just know that all is well. For one reason or another, they just weren't on the field today. So with that, let's get started with the offense. JT Shrout looked confident and healthy. I think that's probably the best news that came out of this. Uh, of course, the injury and everything that happened last year just sent this team into a frenzy. And overall, it just seems that the Buffs are in a much better place than they were at this point last year. A lot of his play looked actually quite identical to what I tried to show you all in the film room that was posted on Wednesday. If you haven't checked that out, go to thedmbr.com. Go to the Buffs page. It's right there. It was posted on Wednesday. This is actually a free article. So if you are listening to this and you are not a DMBR member, still go onto the site. You can click on it. It's all there for you. About 10 plays from Brendan Lewis and JT Shrout combined. Back to the scrimmage though, JT Shrout looked confident and a lot of, like I mentioned, a lot of those plays at scrimmage today kind of mirrored what we saw in that film room. 
He was aggressive with the ball. He was willing to go downfield and test some tight windows and just overall looked healthy and good. He was moving around. He had, he, how do I say this? He just looked confident in his ability and the knees, uh, lower body. With bodies flying around him, there was no kind of gingerness or, you know, maybe some tentative nature in terms of facing contact. There's none of that. He was very confident and looked like he was ready to play live football, which, you know, he pretty much saw today. We actually saw a lot from some of the younger guys or some of the guys that were down on the depth chart also, including our guy, Owen McCown. Of course, a very exciting recruit and son of Josh McCown. It was nice to see him play for a variety of reasons to validify some of the concerns and validify some of the great things that we've heard so far. The arm looked great. Arm looked live. He looked in control of the offense for a young guy, which was fairly impressive, but the main concern, I think, with Owen McCown is, of course, the body. Uh, he did look quite small out there compared to everyone else. But, I mean, this is just a kid we're talking about, a freshman. So there's time to work that out here. And if he's on the field in any nature for CU this year, I'd say a lot went wrong. But, you know, maybe next year, the year after, he starts to add 15, 20 pounds. This is a guy who can actually contribute to this team and showed true ability today. Showed good chemistry with the receivers, good ball placement. He was throwing catchable footballs. Um, down in the red zone in particular, he was very impressive in terms of his ability to loft the ball over defenders. So hopefully we see more of that from McCown, just not on Saturdays this season uh, with JT Shrout and Brendan Lewis. We saw a lot of Drew Carter today also. Uh, he looked fine. We actually saw quite a bit from Maddox Cop, one of the other young quarterbacks. Um, you know, I'd still comfortably put Owen McCown in front of those two guys. But Cobb probably looked better than Carter for whatever that is worth. On to the running backs. Something I should also note here. Uh, we talked to Carl Durrell after practice, or after the scrimmage, I should say. And it seemed that he was comfortable with where a lot of his veterans were. So Alex Fontenot and Deion Smith, they were out there. They saw work. They had carries. But they didn't see a great number of carries. I don't think this was really mimicking a true game yet as we saw a lot of these veterans kind of go in there, get a little bit of light work, and then they were never really seen from for the rest of the day. We did see plenty of Jail Stacks and Charlie Offered all, though. Jail Stacks was particularly impressive. The sophomore out of Aurora was, you know, physically commanding. Uh, at 5'11", 235, that size really pops off the field, and he showed the ability to run like his size. He was tough through the tackles. He was head down, you know, running through contact. He's one of those guys I think that could come on at some point this year or at least offer some versatility or just a change of pace in the backfield. It would be nice to see that come along this season. On to the wide receivers. Sort of the usual suspects, honestly. Honestly, we saw uh, Montana, Lamonius Craig out there quite often. We saw Daniel Arias, Chase Sewell. Plenty of young guys rotating in also, like Jack Hestera and Jordan Tyson. Back to the veterans, though. Uh, I, I wouldn't say anything too notable, honestly. I mean, there was no one that really popped off the field at that position, which was something we kind of talked about with Andre on the Friday show. I think that's something that needs to come along with this team to give Shrout or Brendan Lewis just a veteran presence on the outside. We already know about Brady Russell, and we'll get to the tight ends and Russell here in a second. But I think if the Buffs had one of these guys, Montana Lamonius Craig, Daniel Arias, kind of step up and actually contribute well beyond what they've been able to in previous seasons, it's going to be 
really good for this team and just you know the more veterans to rely on with all this young depth the better i would say back to the young guys though uh i already mentioned hysteria and tyson out of them i think the most impressive was easily jack hysteria he was used in a variety of ways on offense it seems like this offense is going to be pretty versatile too i'll have some general thoughts on them as a whole after i go through every group but hysteria was one of the more versatile players on the field today into the tight ends Brady Russell still clearly tight end one. He showed great chemistry with JT Shrout. We also saw quite a bit of work from Austin Smith, Eric Olson, and Caleb Farrier. Uh, they rotated in and out with the ones and twos. As I mentioned before with the running backs, Russell got quite a bit of work early on, and then we just didn't really see much of him after that. It seemed like, obviously, the six-year senior knows what he's doing on the field and can be a reliable player for this team, so he did not get too much work today. But it's a deep tight end group, which was awesome to see. Uh, you know, you saw the young guys, Fourier and Olsen kind of coming in pretty occasionally. So that's exciting to see. A lot of them are on the field together too, which is also fun and encouraging to think about. On to the offensive line. Honestly, I don't have much to say individually about players on the offensive line. Uh, I will tell you the unit as a whole looked pretty good though. Quarterbacks were facing some pressure, but for the most part, they were clean pockets. They were uh, running big running lanes for the running backs to run through. Um, particularly down in the goal line. It was a fun match between the offensive line and the front seven. We'll get to the front seven more, but the front seven was was pretty impressive, especially in goal line. Uh, the O-line still wants some reps down there, but reinforcements are also on the way at this position. I, I'll say this. I do not think the entire week one starting offensive line was on the field today. They're going to be getting some reinforcements later this week, which is pretty exciting. With that being said, that is the offense. I'm going to take a quick break for about a minute or two, and then I will return with some thoughts on the defense and the rest of the team in general. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Beers on tap and regular seltzers are being sold in the DNVR bar. The bar is still under renovation, of course, guys. I know it's hurting me too. I would love to get in there and hang out with a lot of you and share some Breck brews. But you know we got your back. We're going to be open just in time for football season. If you're not able to go up to Boulder and watch the game at Folsom or make the trip down to Colorado Springs the first two weeks, we got your back at the DMVR Bar. And of course, Broncos parties are going to be lit this year at the DMVR Bar. Uh, remember, supporting our partners is supporting us. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion, and there's no better way to watch a game than having some Breck Brew. Breck Brew has been doing it for over 30 years, and it all comes down to the love and passion for making good beer. Try out some of our favorites. Good Company Hard Seltzers and Lemonade Seltzers, of course. Uh, the Avalanche Amber Ale, Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter Jr. Although maybe it's not a Vanilla Porter Jr. time of the year right now, maybe in a few months. Check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a beer near you. Also, I don't have to tell you guys, but college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. You can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DMVR. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, one per new customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager $200 issues at eight, $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get back to the show and talk about some defense, a little bit of special teams also. It seems that uh, the front seven is going to be pretty damn good again. Uh, I'm not going to go into defensive line and linebackers. I'm just going to combine them both together as the front seven. It's a bunch of the usual suspects, some guys that popped and made plays or at least made their presence known one way or another. Guys you're used to, Naeem Rodman, Terrence Lang, Robert Barnes, Quinn Perry, Guy Thomas, all looking as good as they were last year, now with the added benefit of more depth. One of those guys being Aaron Austin. I talked to Noah Fenske, the center, uh, earlier in the week. And that's one of the things that he emphasized to me was how Aaron Austin is kind of catching on and developing a role for himself on that defensive line. He was rotated on early and often with the ones and twos, wasn't quite in that starting group, but was still being added in enough to show that he has a valuable role on this team. Probably the most uh, impressive player in the front seven was Josh Chandler Semedo, the transfer from West Virginia, the graduate transfer, made plenty of plays down near the goal line few nice stops I asked coach Carl Durrell after the scrimmage you know trying to just get a sense of Semedo's role on this team seeing if he could fill some of that leadership role left by Nate Lamb and of course that's a massive ask of anyone but I think on the field it seems that Semedo will be able to do some sufficient work to kind of soften that blow while off the field is of course a big mountain to climb for anyone to replace Nate Lamb and but on the field Josh Chandler Semedo Seems to be a defensive linchpin for this football team. As we talked about on Friday's pod with Andre doing the defensive leaders for tackles, sacks, and interceptions, uh, Chandler Semedo is definitely in the running to be one of the more productive players on this defense, especially in terms of tackles. He's been able to do it before. We'll see if he can kind of break that 100 tackle mark this season for the Buffs. On to the secondary Uh, Again, not too much to add here, or at least that I can share. The lack of size is still fairly apparent, um, but there's competitiveness in this defensive back group. And, you know, that's a massive key. If you're going to be lacking in size, you got to bring it in competitiveness and just fire and overall will to beat your opponent. I saw a lot of that from the secondary. Nico Reed, Nigel Bethel, Kalen Moore, Zay Lewis, Jalen Stryker on the field early and often, uh, rotating in and out of the starting group. Some of those guys did not see much work past the first few defensive snaps, as I mentioned before. Coach Carl Durrell not wanting to play a lot of his more important players and leaders too much today. He's pretty comfortable with where a lot of them are at. I will add, past breakup of the day did go to Jason Oliver, the freshman out of Bakersfield, California, had a very nice pass breakup in 11 on 11. I think they were just working green area stuff. It wasn't red zone. It was knocking on the door though, but a really impressive play for him. Someone to potentially keep an eye on just because the the offseason exodus really affected this team secondary. I don't have to reinforce that to you guys. You all know that, but with these young players coming up and with someone like Jason Oliver, that could be someone to look to and potentially soften the blow from the transfer portal over the spring and summer. I should note, he is wearing number 26. Uh, I kind of had to double take and do some 
homework to figure out if Jason Oliver is ready to Isaiah Oliver. He is not, although seeing an Oliver in 26 for the buffs again at corner was pretty damn cool, not going to lie. I don't have too much to share in terms of special teams. I can tell you I saw Daniel Arias and Deion Smith taking turns returning kicks, so maybe look to them to be the kick returners this year. I'm going to take one more short break and then I'll have some more general thoughts on the team and kind of wrap this one up. Again, another shorter one. We'll be back to some longer ones next week. So stand by just a minute. The most rewarding thing about DMVR is seeing the connections made through our listeners in the community. Green Mountain Dental is an OG partner of ours and major Colorado sports fans. They've been a supporter of DMVR since the very beginning. We've had countless fans and our own staff convert to Green Mountain Dental and never look back. Located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver and Lakewood, CSU alum Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry, like regular cleanings, orthodontics, such as removing those pesky wisdom teeth, and everything in between. Green Mountain Dental has a few offers for the DMVR fam. Tell the team that DMVR Sports sent you and get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients. If you mention DMVR Sports, you get a free set of bleach trays, that's also a $350 value, with a new patient cleaning exam and x-rays. Lastly, for all the hygienists out there, Green Mountain Dental is hiring. Full and part-time positions are available. They are willing to work with your schedule as well as offering a great benefits package with healthcare and PTO. To make an appointment or find more information, check out their website at greenmountaindentalgroup.com today. That is greenmountaindentalgroup.com. Okay, let's flip back to the offensive side of the ball. Just some general thoughts and takeaways from what I can actually say here. I will say that from the quotes and in some of the news that's kind of come out of practice throughout the summer, the uh, sentiment of smash mouth football while also being multiple seems to ring really true. Um, They're going to be fun this year to watch in terms of different things they're doing. It's not going to be super vanilla. I think that this team has a lot of versatility and that they're going to emphasize that. Um, They actually didn't show too much offensively, but they showed just enough that kind of piqued my interest in a variety of areas. We'll kind of see when we get into TCU how multiple and how versatile they get. But I think that Buffs fans should really be looking forward to what this offense is going to bring to the table this season. Um, It did look very versatile. There were multiple personnel groups, some interesting combinations of formations and personnel. Uh, I wish I could go further than that, but I can't right now. We can get back into it after the TCU game, kind of talk about stuff that happened in the scrimmage and balance that with what we saw in the or what we will see on the field against TCU. Uh, one more final note on the offense. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of mix tempos and attempt to catch defenses off guard and unbalance in multiple ways. Um, take that as you will. That's about all I can really say about that one. Back to the defense real quick. I mentioned the depth in the front seven looks to be the truth. It's not entirely the case in the secondary. But the young players are really coming along, and I think that we'll be surprised with the amount of sophomores and freshmen on the field maybe at times, but I also think that there's a lot of players ready to contribute and actually you know, make this defense better. Uh, I know they lost a lot at secondary, and I talked about the young guys in the secondary. I think that as it stands right now, we don't have to you know, sound the alarms and re- no real cause for concern about the youth on this defense. It's just something to keep an eye on. These players are going to grow throughout the year. So, you know, don't be too hard on them early. There is a lot of ability with these young players. So that's going to do it for the scrimmage. Uh, before I get out of here today, I just wanted to say thank you for everyone. For my first week here at DMBR, it's been just an absolute blast. 
Uh, it's awesome to be working with a bunch of these guys and to still have Hank and RK there to help me talk buffs. Uh, it means a lot, and I really appreciate it. To everyone who's reached out and said nice things on Twitter, through the Discord, or just reached out to me in person, uh, thank you so much. It really means a lot. I can't be more excited to really cover this team for you guys. Uh, I'm already having a lot of fun, and I just can't imagine how much fun we're all going to have together talking Buffs football once the games are actually being played, and we can really dig into the film and the scheme and just talk football and nerd out on that stuff. That's what I'm hoping to do for you guys. And of course, any criticism, complaints, uh, if you have any questions, I would love to hear it all. You know, trying to get better at this just for you guys. I know this is my job, but this is your team. I want to cover this team best I can for you. So if there's anything I can do to cover this team better for your liking, please let me know. All right. Like as I mentioned, it's a short one. So sorry about that. We're going to get back to some longer ones next week. Until then, my name is Jake Schwanitz, and we will see you later on the DMBR Buffs podcast.